right? He doesn't know what a calzone is. <laughs> Calzone's a kind of pie. He doesn't know what a calzone is. It's pizza pie. It's a fruit pizza pie. There's fruit in there. It's a, a freaking pie, dude. It's a hand pie. I love it. Hey, Tom Gaffey. Jim Ages. On stage with Jim and Tom and Own. Absolutely. You know what? And fuck yeah. And I say that with a clear conscience. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We have uh, four people that we've known for a long time, and they've got a band, and the band is called Own. So let's introduce the people. Let's hear their voices, because that's going to be sort of an important part of the narrative here tonight. And we say, welcome, Max. Hi. Welcome, Connor. How you doing? Welcome, Guy. Hello. And welcome, Ethan. Hello, Jim and Tom. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. And boy, are we happy to have you guys. Um, there was a music video, there was some nudity, there were some penises stuffed between people's legs, bare asses, some uh, masks, everything. I feel like it really sums up your guys' sort of thing. The video is for a song called Blown. It's the first song I wrote for this project. It's the first song we learned and played together. And it's the first thing that a lot of people saw. Sort of like, oh, this video makes you uncomfortable? Wonderful. Yeah, I'd say that's appropriate. We played it at... Uh, <laughs> Connor and I work at like a dive bar restaurant in Guerneville, and it's like a bunch of like heteronormative straight dudes who are like, oh, we can watch your video on the big screen in the bar, and they put it on, <laughs> and it was so amazing. I take it you probably all have issue with the heteronormative society that we live in. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, and I think Ethan can pitch in on this too, is... Our music, I feel like lyrically, and this is only my interpretation of his lyrics, but attacking that idea of like the fact that we are like privileged white men and like how we aren't necessarily okay with that to a certain extent. It's kind of like our guilty of being white, our version of the minor threat song, but it's guilty of being straight, <laughs> white, male, privileged, and not really having a way to express it other than writing a song and playing loud and weird songs. It's less about like the specific video and more about like the thought process that informed the video. Sure, anybody in your social group or your guys' musical group, yeah, they got a kick out of it and whatever, but a lot of people outside of the weird Sonoma County music scene would see that and they'd be like, that's fucking gay. Right. And exactly. I bet something like that, that that video was made with the intent of making those very people uncomfortable. I exactly. Would yeah. Or yeah. like letting them have something to resonate with, too. It's like I've always been really into like giving normal people <laughs> or like plain plain Janes. Norms. Square, Norms. Squares. Would we call squares. Them? Yeah. Or something like that. Just like sure. giving them something to <laughs> step out of their comfort zone. Doesn't really matter if there's a camera on us or not. We're just four weird boys. Guy has the thing, Gay Henry, where he cross-dresses, right? Mm -hmm. Max, you have a mustache. <laughs> That's <laughs> very weird. I like to come home and have a Miller High Life. I like to watch Giants baseball and just... <laughs> 
really take it easy. That's that's my idea of a good time. It's a it's a weird band. I started writing and recording these songs in 2013 when I wasn't in a band, but I just wanted to be in a band that was really really weird. That's I think like comes back to what Jim is saying. What's the point of getting weird? And I think the point of getting weird, at least for us, I feel like is just pushing our boundaries personally, you know, and if that pushes other people's boundaries, then great. But it's more about like pushing our own boundaries, at least for me creatively. That's how it feels. I mean, I understand that. Yeah. But I guess if I was trying to explain that concept to somebody who isn't you, to maybe your grandmother or something who sees (laughs) you put your penis between your legs and she goes, well, what in God's name could possess you to do this thing? I had to explain that to my aunt, Paula. She asked me what the deal with this video was, and I I brought up David Lynch as a reference point. Yeah. I even brought up Buffalo Bill from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs as a cultural reference point, and she got it after a little while. It's weird for the sake of art, for the sake of being weird, and getting that reaction are there any artists that you, you mentioned David Lynch that you think uh, are not compelling because they're too weird or that serve as inspirations to you guys? I mean, I feel off the top of my head, I can think that like someone who I have a personal battle with is Lars von Trier. Yeah. Aesthetically, I appreciate like the cinematography I appreciate, but like the philosophy behind what he's doing i have a difficult time with. Like the Antichrist is a really frustrating movie for me. N- aesthetically to a certain extent but also philosophically just in the sense that he like hates women and like always portrays them as these evil people and like it just is frustrating because i also like really enjoy a lot of what i see that he does you know what i'm saying so it's like this weird clashing of my own opinions aesthetically i don't have too many people i want to hate on right now guy <laughs> you know uh we could open up hater hour if you want to but i'd like to keep this really positive hey let's you know? be positive i would add an air horn sound effect right now if you could that would just like really open up the hater hour but yeah pretty much i was <laughs> oh my fucking god <laughs> I don't like the sound of my own voice. I drink too much. Connor Connor makes poor decisions. Tom, you worry about Connor sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up. (laughs) We all we all worry about Connor. I do. I have you know I've been watching him for an awful long time, and I'm really counting on things just blowing up for him one day, and it's going to be an incredible thing. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it is going to happen. <laughs> well, if you look at it like that... It, Wait, blowing up good or blowing up bad? Blowing, uh, <laughs> well, no, that's that's actually just a question of taste, I think. <laughs> as long as he's happy with it, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be okay. If we can get him to the age of, like, I don't know, 70 or 80, something like that, it'll be good. What do you, what do you expect? You think 70? I think I'm going to die every day. <laughs> it's true. something I fear every day. Fear, really? Yeah. That's I, interesting, because a younger guy, you'd think, probably not afraid of death. Impervious. Yeah, no. It's the thing I think about the most. Really? Yeah, I hate it. Do you worry about dying because you fear the unknown, or do you worry that you haven't done enough? I guess it's just like, what's it going to feel like? Because it's, I don't know. I what guess do you think, Tom? Like, dying? 
Yeah, what do you think it's going to feel like? Oh, dude, I'm coming back with uh, better skateboards and a swimming hole in the river that I live on next time. Well, Tom believes yeah, uh, in, in a next, <laughs> in a next life. Yeah. You yeah. bet. I want a concave deck with a tail on it next time around. So do you look forward to dying? Yeah, I'm not afraid of it, yeah. actually. I've got, you know, I've got a couple things I want to see. It's like reading a book that you're into or even watching a movie that you're into. I really want to see how it ends. Yeah. So I'm not in a hurry. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not really that afraid of it. Because if it doesn't happen and I don't come back, I'm not going to know it anyway. I don't think anything's going to happen. I oh. think I'm going to die and I, it, nothing. It's going to be a flat line. <sighs> Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> Would you like to respond, Tom? Yeah, it's just so boring. I know. <laughs> what do you, how do you, I mean, you know, there's no second act? I think yeah. my first act, my first and only act is pretty cool. Well, that's sure. like the one I play. See, the problem with that is, like, you, you go to one of those uh, showcase things in the city or something, and it's all these uh, writers who do their one-act plays, and honest to God, none of them do anything. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, damn. Oh, yeah. Your body's going to decompose into something. Uh-huh. It's like, the, I, the way I've always thought about it is, like, uh, you're at the ocean, and you, like take a cup full of sand and like throw it back in the water and then you pick that up again and there's only probably like one or two grains of sand that are still in the cup that were in it before that's how i look at it cool so no afterlife for you then no dead one thing that annoys me someone dies and then to console you they say oh well don't worry uh you'll see him again soon that makes me uncomfortable i don't like that i don't really like when people talk with certainty with most things honestly Ethan, are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why wouldn't I be? (laughs) So what do you guys think your lives hold for you? It's a good question. Babies. I just, I got to find a better job. That's pretty much all I'm thinking about right now. Where are you working right now? I work with Guy at this Korean fusion restaurant in Guerneville called Dick Blomsters. And Dick Blomsters. I'm washing dishes, hating myself every day. If you won the lottery, would you just sit around and not do anything? No. What would you do? I would spend a lot more time making shit and putting it out there. Do you feel like because the job makes you hate your life so much that that affects your creative output? Yeah. Are you playing every day nowadays? No. Do you wish that you were? Yeah. Well, sometimes yeah. you have to force yourself to be creative. Yeah, but like I don't know. I always, I'm always at work, and I'm staring down at these stupid dishes, getting people's filthy food all over my hands, and just thinking I... Wish I was at home writing lyrics that actually mean shit to me. And then I get home and I just am too tired. And then I drink and go to sleep. See, that's the thing is I I feel like you don't need money to create things. Or like you don't need need money to be creative. And I feel, I don't know. I, I understand the like notion of thinking about like, well, if I had money, then I'd have free time. And then if I had free time, what would I do with that free time? I would create stuff. But it's like you do have a pretty good amount of free time already. And it's like it's possible to like put that energy into like being productive when you are free. I do understand how money can influence and make things difficult. Being someone who has like 
grown up poor and like I've never come from money. I've never had money, but I've always been in a creative space, I feel like in my life. And so it's trying to find those moments of creative energy that you can like let push you forward and still like trying talking about pushing that creative boundary, I guess, you know, and it's like getting to a place where you can find downtime, you can find creative time and you can also work for a living at the same time. You know, it's like there, there, you have to find yeah. a balance with yeah. all of that. So many talented creative people have fucking day jobs that you have to find a way to still make time for that. You yeah, know? I think most of the musicians in Sonoma County probably. Oh yeah. yeah a good, good Definitely. portion of them anyway. Yeah. I don't want to serve and I don't want to serve tables at a restaurant for the rest of my life. I want to do some sort of creative something. Actually, though, well, you know, I mean, I've got I've got friends that do want to serve for the rest of their lives because it is to them it is a creative outlet. Oh yeah, and it definitely can be. Yeah, you know, it is it's a performance in its own. Yeah, right. You know, it is every yeah every. Well, night. I mean, you used to drive cab. Oh, I loved it, and you loved it. What did you love oh, about that? Oh God, uh, first off, yeah, because every every time the door opened, it was going to be a new scene. And uh, yeah, it's like oh, every man. table you serve is a yeah. new scene. You like you like the characters and the stories. Yeah, I love the characters. Uh, in those days, I could drive at night. Nowadays, my vision is not as good for that. They were always old beater cars with big block engines, and holy cow, I could drive it through anything and on any road because it wasn't my car. And uh, so the car was a gas. Customers were a gas. Uh, I was the only taxi driver in Petaluma on Thursday nights. Uh, it was my first time with a cell phone. I mean, partly I grew up in Petaluma, and, and uh, to be Tom Gaffey driving a cab on a Thursday night in Petaluma, oh, man, the tips were great. Thank you very much. I love driving cabs. And I assume you picked up dirt on everybody, too? You get, yeah, you get tons of stories. You know, and, and even the daytime shifts, uh, you'd get a lot of the elders. Uh, yeah. A lot of that is picking up uh, a lot of the elder people in town, getting taking grocery shopping and all of that, and the stories that I would get from those people were incredible. I had a regular writer that uh, lived behind the high school that used to play the organ here at the Phoenix Theater when it was the Hill Opera House, when it was a, a silent film house. As a kid, he would play the organ for the movies. And uh, those are the type of people you get to talk to and see. I love that gig. Jim, you asked us a while ago where what we want to do with our lives, where you want to go, which, what do you see? Do you feel like the meaning of life is to communicate artistically oh, with other people? Can I say something? Yeah. Kanye West, mm -hmm. he said, the point of life is to get shit done and be happy. I think that sums it up pretty well. A lot of the anxiety I feel about dying sometimes is because I feel like, oh my God, there's so much more that I want to do. I don't want this to end. There's periods where I'm totally at peace. I'm like, yeah, I could go. <laughs> but there's also periods where I'm like, no, there's these things that I still want to do. That's the anxiety I feel about death. I feel like this year I figured out that I'm on this earth to communicate with other people through music and creatively, artistically, that I'm an artist and everything else that I do is paying the rent or passing the time. I don't think the point of existence is just being happy. No, not at all. I think you want to have something, at least for me, you want to have something to show for it. Well, it's like, you know, the notion of like, working a hard, long day. If you challenge yourself, work a hard day, sweat, whatever it means to you that's like working a hard day at the end of the day it feels good regardless if you're like tired or burnt out or something it's like whoa i just did something i feel accomplished i've worked hard 
that is a good feeling. And if it's something that's like pushing yourself creatively on top of that, if those like things work together, then that for me, that's like the most fulfilling thing. If I'm pushing myself creatively and it's difficult for me to like be, you know, testing myself like that, that's seems like what I feel is like paying off for my own well-being. So it's like, yes, I want to live my life in a creative way because that's kind of the only way I know how to do things. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know how to do anything else except for perform (laughs) in a lot, in a lot of ways, you know, like I'm not the greatest talker. I'm not the greatest writer those aren't the things that like interest me in like uh, expressing myself the ways I feel most content when I'm expressing myself or not even content, just the way I feel more satisfied or happy with expressing myself tend to be in the performance art realm, whatever that may be drag theater music. It's an ongoing process. I think everyone's artistic life is an ongoing process. It never ends. Just like your own discovery of what life is supposed to be or something is never going to end. It's like you have to look at things with an open mind, always be willing to something changing, evolving. And it's really important to not get close-minded or make decisions, like definite, finite decisions about what something is because then you're just stopping yourself from continuing to learn about that. You know, That's really cool because you can spend your whole life figuring out what your life means you will never find out how you're going to come back uh after your life is over you'll never really know if you're going to get reincarnated or if there's nothing figuring out your life is so much more fulfilling than worrying about death i think also like something that i would imagine a lot of musicians think about is like the idea of making music for other people or making music for yourself or like what's important as far as the reaction or something like I know when I was younger when I first started playing music when Ethan and I were doing chores it was like my personal reason to do that in the past was play sweet shows and like you know make people stoked and like make it sort of back then that was like my idea of like what being in a band meant I wasn't raised in like a rock and roll lifestyle sort of thing, you know, or like I wasn't like in bands as a kid or anything like that. I was always doing theaters, which was all about giving the audience an experience. That's like what theater is, letting the audience get something out of what they're seeing and take it home with them. And so that transferred over into playing music into the idea of giving people an experience. And then the more I played music, the more I started writing music, it became more about making music for myself, my own personal creative process. And I think that that's something that probably all of us have thought about a bunch. What's the importance of what we're doing? Why are we doing this? And that's like, you know, comes back to what Ethan was asking us. Are we here to make music because that's all we know how to do? Are we here to be creative because it's our, it's who we are? I don't know. I feel like that's an ongoing interpersonal debate with myself anyway that I have is like, I don't know. And I think that's why it transferred over to me doing like more drag stuff is based on the idea of making myself happy within my own creative experience, pushing my own limits. You don't define what you're going to do. You keep exploring as to what it is. Just don't put limits on it. Totally. And that in a way ties back to the idea of like 
the sexuality conversation we were having too. Like not putting like a definition on like the gender spectrum or whatever. Well, we don't see gender at this table. Right. Well, I don't. I don't. I respect and admire people who choose to identify a certain way. That's totally fine. Go for it. So much respect for everyone. Oh, yeah. Respect is especially at the stage. If we had an inverse of the horn, we would play that, but unfortunately we do not. <laughs> a fine Gregorian chant. You want to play us out somehow? What do you think about this whole night? Wow. Uh, what a night. I think maybe the first time I got into contact with you, I probably said, hey, can I get into this show? I'm Doug Jane's son. That might have been it, but uh, <laughs> that's important on, on my end. That's what I like a lot. I love legacy. I love uh, family connections. I like watching the connections, the friendships, the families all coming through and staying in this county yep. and continuing to create. Uh, and you guys are, have been doing this now in Sonoma County for a long time. Connor, I don't know. I've never really told him, but dude, man, I love you so much. Uh, I've been watching you play on this stage. I love you too. Thanks. Since you were in junior high. Every time you play here, it's, it's a huge thing for me. It's such a high. I hear you guys hoping you get to stay with music. Uh, weirdly enough, a buddy of mine called me up six months ago and said, dude, man, it's a guy I've been playing music with for probably 30 years. He says, oh, I've got a new project. I've got to do this. What are we going to do? Uh, we're going to do the wall. Oh, you're going to do the wall? Right. Well, I'll tell you what. You put that together and I'll do it. And the son of a bitch put it together. <laughs> and I'm still having a good time with it. So, yeah, I think that you guys probably will be playing it all your life, I bet. And then, Guy, would you like to play us out? Would I like to play you out? Boy, would I. And then, Ethan, would you like to play us out? <laughs> Have you guys ever, like, been scheduled for a podcast and been, like, <laughs> like had more nerves about the actual podcast and then, like, you couldn't enjoy the pleasure of getting up there and getting hard and delivering, like, into the mic? Uh, no, never. No, never. no me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to take a hit off this? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good night. Good night.